my name is JT, and my brain's all over the place. This is the way I talk to students, too. So it's, it's youth ministry day. So uh, Ross called me on Thursday saying, hey, can you fill in? And I love this service. I come to the service all the time. I love Ross. I love hanging out with y'all. So I said, yeah, of course I will. Um, and what's been interesting is ever since Thursday, I've been getting a lot of people being like, are you nervous? Are you nervous about preaching? Um, Which is something like people ask. You know, if you haven't preached in a while, people will ask, like, are you nervous? Um, And so if you didn't know, just a little bit about me is that um, when I lived in Auburn, this was post-graduation. I went to Auburn University. Sorry. Uh, But then after that, um, after that, uh, when I was still living in Auburn, I was actually a local licensed pastor for a year, which meant that I hadn't gone to seminary, but I was in charge of a church. And I had people and mentors in my life that were like checking in on me. So there was a whole year of my life when I was down in Auburn, I was like 23 and I would preach every Sunday. So I actually really love preaching. I love getting in front of y'all, love diving in to scripture together. But since Ross called me on Thursday, I didn't have a lot of time to prep a whole new sermon. So what I'm going to be talking to you today about is this little message that I did at Adventure Camp this last summer with our student ministry. Um, If you don't know what Adventure Camp is, it's this thing that our student ministry does. Um, We don't do it every year, but when we do it, we go up into like eastern Tennessee where the Ocoee River is. We whitewater the Ocoee. That's the big headlining thing that we do. Um, But we're also able to do some high rope stuff. That's the climbing. We're able to do um, some paintball and some horseback riding and it's a really great time but it's also in the backdrop of the smoky mountains like this beautiful area in tennessee and we're surrounded by these mountains and the ocoee river just flowing through it one morning we actually woke up early and we went on a hike and uh we were able to see from like the top of one of the mountains we were able to look out and be like oh look at the ocoee and the way it just like shapes the landscape it was beautiful And so I loved going on that trip. I love being outdoors. I grew up loving the outdoors. My father uh, is a big fisherman. He's a big hunter. Um, I'm a big fisherman. I grew up on the lake, and so I love to fish, but I'm not a big hunter. Uh, It's just because it's, like, cold, and it's too early. You have to wake up so early to go hunting. I don't want to sit up, wake up early to go out and, like, fall asleep in the woods when it's freezing anyway. So hunting's not really for me, but I love being out in nature. I love enjoying Uh, the things that God has put out in nature. Um, And that's one of the reasons I really love being here in Birmingham. I didn't grow up in Birmingham, but I've really fallen in love with Birmingham. I've really fallen in love with Bluff Park. Like we have Moss Rock right here, this beautiful natural thing that we have preserved. We have the mountain. It's a beautiful place to be up here. I love going out into nature. And I've been really lucky in the last couple of years, I've been able to go around North America and see some of these beautiful things that God has created just in our backyard, just like in a drive away. It's a long drive, but it's still a drive. Uh, I've been able to see things like Yosemite, which is like this wonderful national park in California. I've been able to see El Yunque, which is this rainforest that's in Puerto Rico. We were actually able to hike to the top of El Yunque. You couldn't really see anything because you were up in the cloud. And so you hiked a lot and you really couldn't see anything. So don't recommend hiking to the top of El Yunque. Uh, and then a couple years ago, um, we drove out to the Grand Canyon and man, it looked fake. I don't know if y'all have ever been to the Grand Canyon, but when you're out there, you f- it feels like it's fake. It feels like this isn't real. Like if I reach out and grab it, it's going to be a cloth that somebody made and I'm going to rip it down. 
Um, but one of the really great things about being out at the Grand Canyon was that we actually got to do this other canyon too. It's called Antelope Canyon. Can we pull up a picture? I pulled up a picture of it earlier. You might recognize this picture because if you had like a Microsoft PC, this was like the screensaver. Do we yeah, y'all recognize that for sure? Um, so, but this is an actual place. This is Antelope Canyon. Uh, and it's on like the native reservation. And you, to go through it, you have to have a travel guide with you. We were able to go through this canyon. It's pretty tight in some spots. So you got to squeeze and squirm. But once we were through it, our guide looked at us because we had some kids in the canyon with us. And she looked and she said, do y'all want to see how the canyon was made? And like the kids were like, yeah, but me as like a curious adult, I also was like, yeah, I want to see how the canyon was made. Can you show me? And so what she did was she took the sand, she made a pile. She said, the wind blew, the wind blew, the wind blew. And then eventually she took her water bottle and she said, and then it rained. And then she trinkled, she trinkled a little bit of water on her sand pile. And she said, the wind blew again. And then it rained. Wind blew, rain, wind blew, rain. And she did this for a couple minutes. And then she piled a bunch of sand on it. And then she goes, and then the wind blows and it's a drought. And then it floods. And then she poured her whole water bottle on there. And then she got down close to it. And then she said, and then the wind came again. And she blew on it. And when she blew on it, this sand pile that she made perfectly made this crack, this canyon, right down the middle of it. It was fascinating to watch. She said it was something about the sand out there, the way it forms together and packs together and the way the water interacts with it. It was fascinating. So ever since then, whenever I'm out in nature, one of the things, the joke I kind of say, but it's it's true, the joke I kind of say whenever I'm out in nature is I go, you know, water, wind, and time are undefeated. Water, wind, and you give those things time, they shape the face of our earth. And so that's kind of the things I talked about at Adventure Camp. And I was kind of thinking when I was going to Adventure Camp, I was like, you know, what are some of the things that scripture tells us are undefeated? If water, wind, and time are undefeated, they're always going to win out eventually. What are some of the things that scripture says are undefeated? And so our scripture for that weekend was 1 Corinthians 8 through 13. Uh, You might know 1 Corinthians 13 because this is a very famous scripture verse if you've been to a wedding. So this is 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 13. If you know, you might know 1 Corinthians 13 just because you went to a wedding. This is like the very famous love passage um, from the Bible. But I'm going to be kind of passing right at the end of it. So 1 through 7 is all the things about what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. So I'm jumping in right at verse 8. So can we pull that up? 1 Corinthians 13. There's 8. Oh, it's so small. So Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. We have another one. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I know fully, even as I have been fully known. For n- and now faith, hope, and love abide. These three... And the greatest of these is love. My scripture verse says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Friends, this is the word of God 
for the people of God. And thanks be to God. I want to admit something to you this morning. I want to admit this. We probably all know this about myself, but I'm going to admit it very bravely here this morning. I don't know everything. There's a lot of things I don't know. You know? I don't know everything. And Becca will tell you, until two weeks ago, uh, I recently rewatched um, A League of Their Own. And I don't know why I can tell you my brain was working like this, but for some reason, for a long time, I definitely thought Madonna and Marilyn Monroe were the same person. I thought that they were the same person, or at least they were like contemporaries of each other. I thought maybe there was a name change thing. I don't know why I thought that. No one ever told me that. I just definitely did. Or how like autocorrect can only help you so much. My spelling is terrible. Um, one of the things that gets autocorrected all the time, I, I love the word definitely. There's something so like, yeah, definitely, I'm there. But my phone always autocorrects, autocorrects it to defiantly which does not come across the same way at all. So people read that and they go, so defiantly you're going to be there? What does that mean? Like, you're going to be there and be in a bad mood? What, is, what, is that, what does that mean? And so I can, think, I can really resonate with that scripture verse where it talks about, I only know things in part. And there will come a point when the complete comes and I will know in full. But until then, I'm living here. I'm living here in the real world, I'm living here in the present and I'm living here in the in-between and I still only know in part. Uh, On ASP, which we got back from uh, two weeks ago on ASP, I was talking to a group of our students, me and our intern, Reagan Sanders, uh, we were talking to a group of our students and we were talking about school, like what do you want to do with your life? Do you have any grand visions? I love hearing what students want to do with their life. It's one of my favorite things to ask them. And I always preface it with like, it might change and that's totally cool, but I would love to hear what your dreams and visions are for right now. But one of the things that just really broke my heart when I was sitting and talking to him is like so many of our students just didn't like history, didn't like history as a class. And I take that so personally because, uh, you know, when I was at Auburn, I was a history major. And so my life was wrapped up in history for four years. And I just take it so personally for whatever reason. Uh, a lot of them said they preferred math, which like is probably great. It means they're probably going to go on to do really great things. Uh, but for me, I just take it so personally. But I, and they said that they liked math because math was so concrete. Math was so concrete. This was the thing. This was the reason two plus two equals four. And I can show you exactly why two plus two equals four. We can, that, that's my basic math. We could probably do more complex things this morning, but that's, that's as far as I want to go with it. Um, but from, and they said history is just stories and some things aren't for sure. And it's all, some things are kind of up in the air still. Um, but, but math for them was so concrete. But I told them that's the reason I love history so much. And there's a story that I love to tell about uh, a Persian history class I took while I was at Auburn. Um, there was this story about a kingdom. It was just south of Egypt and they had this great king and the king was beloved by everybody. And the king went on a horseback ride one day with his brother. They were out venturing, they were doing something and he fell off his horse. As he fell off his horse, his sword fell out of its holster and he fell on his sword and he perished that day. Then his brother ended up becoming king and did a great job and carried on. But there was this tablet that told all that history. While I was in my Persian history class, and this was really cool, while I was in my Persian history class, they actually found another tablet out in the desert. 
they found another tablet. And that tablet said what actually happened was the king was terrible and everybody hated him. Everybody hated him. They thought he was a terrible ruler. And so the brother had decided, I'm going to take my brother, I'm going to take my brother, the king, out for a horseback ride, and I'm going to kill him. And so he did that. They came back and they told everybody the story was that he fell on his sword. But actually what happened was that his brother and some of the noblemen had conspired to kill him. And so my history professor showed us, showed us this tablet, told him how they had transcribed it, and told him that this had happened. And then he looked at us and goes, so we don't know what happened. And then he just moved on. He'd been lecturing for three days on this one tablet. And he's like, so we don't know what happened. And then he just moved on. Uh, and talk about knowing something only in part, right? Historians had known this one thing for so long, but then something else comes along. And then all of a sudden it is like looking in a dimly lit mirror and only knowing in part. And while there are some things that we still only know in part, I love that Paul finishes up his scripture today with three things that we do know. We know what faith does, we know what hope does, and we know what love does. And even though those three things change as we change, those three things remain in our lives ever present and ever constant. We can look at faith, and while I may not know everything, I can still believe in the thing that I can't see and I can have trust. I can't see the wind, but I can see the trees move. I can look at Antelope Canyon and I can see how the wind shaped it. I might not be able to see the wind, but I can see what the wind does. And I can't see God, but I know the role God plays in my life because if I look back, I can see the way that it's been shaped by God. When we think about hope, I have trust that things are going to get better because even though those things might not be great for me right now, maybe there's some things in all of our lives that aren't going the way we want them to go, or maybe they're not going the best right now. But I believe that God is for me. I believe that love covers a multitude of sins. And just like how water represents the hope of life to our physical needs, I believe that when we hold on to hope, it gives us something for our spiritual needs and makes us spiritually better. When we hold on to that hope, and I believe that God has chosen us as his people to make this world a better place and that God is not finished yet making things, creating something new in me and using us as his people. And then we can talk about love. Talk about something that we only know in part. Can you think back to the first time that you were like in love? The first time you felt like you were in love? I see, I can think about when I first started dating Becca. And, uh, you know, like we started dating when I was like 19 or 20. And that's like 10 years ago now, right? And I can think about what, what that love felt like. But I didn't even know what love meant yet. And there's so many of you in here that are parents now and you look and you go, you didn't even know what love meant until you held your kid. How love continues to shape and change the way we view the world and view the people around. And to think that even as much as we can feel love in our everyday life right now, to think that that is still only knowing in part of the love that God feels for us. Now, not knowing something can be scary. 
but I don't think it has to be. When I was so small against the backdrop of the Grand Canyon, I felt scared for a while to be like, this looks so unbelievable. It looks so fake and I can feel so small and so insignificant. But after thinking about it for a couple of days while we were out there, it actually started to feel really comforting. See, just this last week, can we pull up that NASA picture? Oh yeah, have y'all seen this? Did y'all see this this last week? It was crazy. If you haven't seen it, this is your first time. This last week, NASA released this image from space showing a previously unseen area in a nearby nebula. When my friend saw it, the first thing that she said out loud was she said, somebody spent a lot of time on this screensaver. That's the first thing that she said. And again, I can feel, look at this, I can feel so small and scared. But the thing that I think is amazing is how the same God that created this created you. The same God that is still in the business of creating things, of making things new, created you, formed you, and is making something new in you. The same God that set this into motion sets, is setting things in motion in your life. The same God that formed the earth formed you. And the same God that is still working and still present. is still working and is still present in your life. And not just that, that God loves you. Wherever you are today, that God loves you. That God sees you as significant. That God sees you and cares about you. That God knows your worries, knows your struggles, knows the things that scare you, know the things that bring you joy, and that God still loves you. That God doesn't know you in part. That God knows you fully and completely and loves you for it. I think that's amazing. So my prayer for you, as you walk out and you go into your life this week, is that you remember that that God loves you. Before you could even make a decision to love that God back, that God loves you and decided to die so that God could have a relationship with you before you could do anything. So there's no reason to wait. There's no reason to say, I'll, I'll come when I feel like I'm better. God says, you're already better now. Hey friends, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for tuning into our message this week in The Gathering. We hope you found it meaningful and life-giving. As always, you're invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., either in person here in the chapel or online. If you want to know more about who we are at Bluff Park United Methodist Church, you're invited to check out our website. There you'll find out who we are, what we have going on, and how you can be a part of it. As always, friends, if there's anything that we can do for you, you're invited to reach out to us. We are here to help you and support you in any way that we can. We hope that you're having a great week, and we look forward to seeing you soon.